Welcome to the Peter O. Estevez Show with your host, Peter O. Estevez. Get it fast, hit it dash in my position, you will never last. Real talk, I had to get it from the mall. Real talk, now I'm vibing with a bankroll. For over 25 years, entrepreneur, speaker, and CEO Peter O. Estevez has built businesses all over the world. And today, he shares his experiences, failures, and successes along the side of some of the most sought after thought leaders to help you pave your way to success. Please welcome to the show your host, Peter O. Estevez. Hello and welcome to the episode of the Peter O. Estevez Show. This is your host, Peter O. Estevez. Today we have my good friend, Patricia Chica from Canada. Hello, Patricia. Welcome to the Peter O. Estevez Show. Oh my God, what a great pleasure to finally be here with you, Peter. And thank you so much for having me. Well, Patricia, you and I got together during South by Southwest where we are actually representing Canada and featuring two film projects at South by Southwest. Montreal Girls, Montreal Girls, which is inspired uh, by your own life, a subculture creator of Montreal's underground scene. And it is also the first feature film in history using Chi Energy. Uh, you are the primary creative. Uh, this is a primary creative process that you do uh, on, your, on, on your script and on your, on, on your film production. And you're on a mission uh, to bridge the gap between storytelling, performance, and intuition. The second film, Brother Man, about a young African war refugee who became a track and field star. So yes. let's talk about your journey as a producer. How was it that you were selected out of multiple entries in Canada and not only one film, two films made it to South Southwest feature, which is a worldwide platform to be able to feature uh, creatives, artistics, uh, producers, all types of people from all over the world that are really making an impact. So tell me about that journey first. Oh, absolutely. It was such a great honor that Telefilm Canada, which is the main Canadian funding agency for cinema, selected five feature films to be represented at this program called Rendezvous Canada, uh, Rendezvous Canada. And it was to showcase uh, the new talents, the new projects uh, out of the country, and two out of those five films were films that I'm attached as the director and that I have directed myself. So uh, it, it was overwhelming to say the least, uh, to be there uh, representing the projects and making sure that those stories are being told uh, to new audiences and reaching out new partners and new uh, people that we could partner with to even spread out the stories even further across uh, the world. So uh, it was so great to be at South by Southwest and uh, meeting you was one of the highlights actually of my trip there. Thank you, you are too kind, you are too kind. So tell me a little bit about uh, where are you at with those films? But more importantly, I wanna talk about Chi Energy. What is Chi Energy and how is it that you have introduced this into your format of producing films? Chi Energy is a philosophy and a process that I have uh, put together to help my actors, my co-creators, collaborators, or anyone that comes into my realm of uh, creativity 
to really utilize their energy centers, their mindset psychology, their intuition, and the higher consciousness in order to expand their potential as a creator, as a storyteller, as an actor, as a performer, or even an entrepreneur. So uh, when you understand the laws of energy, you can really expand what you desire to attract in a faster way from where you are today. And that's exactly what we do on a film set. As the director, I'm in the most uh, privileged position to know how to manifest quickly. I call action and I have certainty that by the end of the take, when I call cut, there will be a performance rendered on screen. So I have learned that how to apply those laws, being a director myself, working with a lot of people, a lot of different people in different fields. But what really connects us is that ability to understand energy, how to utilize it, and how to put it into profit to uh, accelerate the results we want. I love that. You used a couple of buzzwords that are not very common in the Latino community, not mainstream, for lack of a better word. You use the word energy and the process of yes. energy, and we're not utilizing this as the energy source that we get from the outlet and the wall. We're talking mm -hmm. about physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional energy that each of us as, as individuals carry within ourselves. And you also talked about manifesting, and that is uh, the process of bringing to life, bringing into reality, a thought, an idea, a dream of our goal. Those ideas are not very mainstream in the Latin community, which where you and I are from. So tell me about how you learned that and how do you see that moving forward being utilized? In communities, usually people do not understand the power of energy and how they can use it as a tool for themselves to uh, to create the results they want. And how I learned about it, uh, I am a clairvoyant and clairsentient person since I was a child. So I always knew there was this other realm that I thought was normal to me. But then I realized as I grew older that not everybody saw existence as I did. And being able to see auras or feel people's energy or really tap in into what somebody is thinking, going through, being, living, and becoming is a, a, a skill set that I had to use to my advantage as a film director. Because if the film director is not aware of how their actors are feeling that day, or what their uh, crew members are thinking, or if we are not aligned with the same vision. And if I don't have that certainty that my team is aligned with my vision, I won't get the movie results on screen that I envision. So I love connecting. Yes. No, please, please go ahead. So, so being a film director really is the best profession to learn those skills. But honestly, Anybody can learn them, whether you are a shop owner, an entrepreneur, a teacher in the school. If you don't tap in and you are not aware of what's out there that's invisible, that is in front of you or around you or beyond you, you will never get to the core of what you really want and not fast enough. I love so that. I so, uh, and also what I have discovered 
is that we really live, most people, the average person lives in a physical realm where what they see, what they feel, what they sense, what they smell, what they touch is what's real to them. And those are the tools they work with, the five senses, right? But there's always that sixth sense, that intuitive, that higher space, the spiritual realm. And when you start creating your ideas first on the spiritual realm, it's 80% of the work done. And then you can just bring them to the physical world with intention, with vision, with clarity, with precision, and bang, it really manifests faster because you're not trying to figure out in the physical realm, uh, you know, you're testing, you're, you're making mistakes, and there's less time in the spiritual realm to access those uh, results. I'm a fan and a, and a fanatic of exploring those possibilities, not only within myself, but to be able to share with the community. You know, I believe that beyond the six senses, that we, be, we have become multi-sensory individuals. We operate not only from the five traditional senses and maybe even from intuition, but from perception, from feeling, from gut, from, 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 from energy, for everything that has not been discussed that perhaps has been around for multi-centuries, but back in the early days, back in the early, in, in, in the early discovery of this sensories, of this feeling, of this claimboriness, for lack of a better word, most people were considered witches or, or, or charlatans or, 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 or somebody that was crazy, right? And now today, this kind of conversations are becoming mainstream in our society. Most individuals in, in today's world, they live for that perception, that box that has been created, that we've been conditioned to believe that we only access this through this, but nothing beyond that. And I think today we have an opportunity to, to explore our fuel potential beyond just the realm of the space and in and now that we live in, but onto other spaces, right? I tell my team members to not only think about what's obvious, but really connect the dots. And there's three levels of threes that I call. And this is something I came up and I'm writing in my book. You always have to think three levels higher three steps ahead and three layers deeper to succeed at anything. And when you do it with intention, when you do it with clarity of vision, where you are right now and where you want to go, you just reduce the time to create that result. That means you have to always think first at the spiritual realm, the the higher consciousness, the quantum field, the metaphysics. That's where you start your ideas, your intentions, before you even can experience them in the physical world. When everything is constructed up there at three levels higher, then you start at, at the right foundation. And we call the foundation the root, right? The root chakra or the soil or the earth. And yes, it is important to sustain that intention, but there's also another foundation that we have to anchor up there. And when you connect both, and I work with the chakra system, for those who don't know, it's the energy centers. We have seven main ones that people know about, many, many more, but the seven ones that people know. So you have to connect them higher and deeper. And the second uh 
exercise is to go three steps ahead, is to have a grander vision three steps ahead, but also know the details very close to you. So you, you have to have a vision from very close to wide in everything you do. So those are the three steps ahead, because let's say you get into your car, but you don't know what the address is where you're going. The three steps ahead is knowing exactly where you want to go. But if you don't have that GPS address, you're not going to get there fast enough. You're going to be looking around and maybe driving on the, the wrong street or whatever that is. And then the third exercise is to go three layers deeper. And when you, you work from your soul, from your deeper inner being, from your heart, that's what, where you validate that your intention that you created here, your idea, and you have that grander vision with the details, but then you connect it to your heart, everything is possible. And it goes so fast. Within minutes, hours, even days, things can manifest depending on how fast in, in the physical world that can be created. But to me, uh, that's how I make movies. I don't spend too much time writing scripts. Uh, the average screenwriter will spend six months to a year and a half writing uh, a feature film. I would spend just a few days because the clarity of intention of the idea, it's three levels higher and then I just channel the idea that's already formed and it's the physical time to write it it's not perfect that first draft but at least I have the structure I have the story the intention the beats and then I can move on and collaborate with uh, professional writers to embellish it to make it you know the right way but really, uh, working fast is uh, so important in our society, but also for you. You don't want to spend 10 years figuring out what you want to do or creating those results, right? You want to move faster so you can become even better and expand it and create even more impact in the world. And that's really what my mission is, is to teach this to everyone in the entertainment industry and beyond. I love that. But, but tell me, what is the biggest challenge? Is the biggest challenge to go three steps forward or three steps backwards, inner? What is the biggest challenge for us as human beings? Oh, I, I, to me, there's no challenge because I love leading my life that way. But I, I believe from observation from the people that I coach and the people in my teams that uh, I mentor is having that awareness that the three steps higher connecting to your higher realm is really the key wow. because then in the physical world you know how to function right you have a body you have language you have you know people you can move around the physical realm but really to accelerate it it's, it has to start here right and that's what people are not aware or they know about it but they don't uh, use it as a practice daily. So they waste a lot of time figuring out tests and trials and errors, you know? So that's the biggest challenge for most people. I love that. And I love the work that you're doing. I want to talk a little bit about who Patricia is, because we got into 
the feature films that were featured at Southwest by Southwest. And we went into a little bit of what you're doing and the chi energy process that you had developed for your films. Let's talk about the young girl that came from El Salvador that became an award-winning filmmaker. You became a war child refugee when your family fled to Canada during Salvadorian Civil War. Uh, you started making movies at the age of 16. You were named by Dread Central, a rising filmmaker, and by Variety, a prolific director. You are independent voice with Latinx Cinema, and your short films have won over 60 awards in the past 15 years, and you have presented in over 300 film festivals across the world. Wow, that's an impressive resume. Patricia, let's talk about the early days as a Salvadorian girl. I often think of your story that you share with me when we share coffee at the lobby of the Hilton Hotel uh, in Austin, and we had a deep and profound conversation. But you share how you actually left your home country and arrived in the middle of the night or late at night after the immigration offices had literally closed. And the reason you actually became a Canadian resident is because you could stay the night at the airport. So they let your mom and your family go into the city and the rest is history. Take us through that process for the audience. Reshare your story. Oh my God, you have such a great memory and what a blessing that you remember my story because it, it is a very impactful story when I think about it now. It wasn't that much fun when I was going through the experience at age seven. So what happened, I was born in El Salvador and the war struck in my homeland in the 1980s. So my family had to uh, escape uh, the reason of that escape is because it was very threatening. But my father was on a list of uh, people that who were going to be questioned. And uh, uh, he was being uh, looked by the army just for being a student. And at the time, being a student, uh, they thought you were part of the left. His name was on the list. It wasn't possibly him, Oscar Chica. There are many Oscar Chicas in the country, but he had to leave. And uh, six months later, my mother and my two little brothers and I, we were very little, uh, we had to escape. And I remember the night before, they told me, you have to sleep in your clothes of the, the next day. So I had a little dress, little summery dress, the most beautiful dress my grandmother had made, my little boots, a little sweater. And I, I fell asleep being already dressed. And at 3 a.m., my mother and grandmother came to wake us up and they told us, uh, gather your favorite toy and we have to leave shortly. And I had my little house with dolls and I had seven dolls. And my favorite one was uh, the, the brunette because it looked like me. But my mother said, no, take the most expensive one and let's go. But it wasn't my favorite doll. So anyway, I left with that doll because it was the most expensive one. Uh, and uh, my mother had uh, taken all of the savings of the family. She sold everything she could very quickly. And she had the equivalent of a thousand US dollars. It was 10,000 pesos back in the day. And she had 10 bills of $100 that she rolled very um, tightly. And she put it inside as a tampon. And that's how we entered the flight of going to Spain with a stopover in Montreal. Back in the day, it was uh, the airplanes, you, people were smoking and they landed 
the people from Montreal got out of the plane and then the same flight departed to go to Spain with the rest of the passengers. And we lost all of our luggages. The luggages went to Spain and my mother took us with whatever we were carrying with us to the, the border with all the people from Montreal. But the, the flight landed uh, very late. It was the last flight of the night. And at midnight, back in the 80s, in the uh, Montreal International Airport, they used to lock the airport so people can go to sleep and come back the next day. They didn't have connections and like we have today, right? So the person at the border, my mother didn't speak uh, the language, uh, French or English. She only spoke Spanish. And she was crying and trying to explain we're refugees, we want to stay. And the border told, gave her a phone number and said, lady, you have to call this number, Immigration Canada, tomorrow. We have to go to bed now. We have to lock the airport. And we just left. And that's how we arrived in our new uh, land. Uh, it was in the middle of the winter. It was so snowy. And I had never seen snow in my life coming from El Salvador, Central America, it was so white, so overwhelming. And I thought it was like a cotton, cotton, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and then I asked my mother, can I touch the snow? And when I touched it, it melted in my little hand. And I couldn't believe it was like water. Like it was so fascinating, that experience, the first touch, the first experience of the winter. And that's how I started my life in Canada. It was your mom, and who else was with you on that trip? It was my my two little brothers and myself. That's it. Uh, so, so where are your brothers today? My brothers are very successful. Uh, I have a brother who is a doctor. Uh, he teaches uh, biochemistry at the University of Ottawa. His name is Roberto Chica, Dr. Roberto Chica. My other brother, Javier, he's a... Uh, head of department at Ubisoft, a video game company. And my other brother, he's a writer, Oscar Chica. So uh, we are uh, a family of creators and entrepreneurs. And th the funny thing is that I have to explain for Latin Americans, the Salvadorians who came to Canada, we immediately were welcomed as refugees and they gave us a permanent residency status. They paid us to learn French. So my parents went to school being paid to sit in the classroom to learn French and educate themselves so they can insert the workspace <clears throat> uh, faster. For those, my cousins who went to the United States, to New York or Texas or other states, they were not as successful and they had to be illegal aliens for many, many years working in uh, bathrooms or uh, restaurant kitchens or driving cabs or whatever, cleaning hotels. And they didn't prosper as much in the United States as we did in Canada because they wanted us to be educated, to speak the language and insert society so we can become contributors of society and taxpayers very quickly. And I am blessed uh, as a Salvadorian Latin American to have come to Canada especially at that time during the war. I remember you sharing the comparison of you and your cousins and your cousins that live here in Texas and they live in, uh, in New York and California. 
we're not offered the same opportunities and we're not benefactors of an educational system of a permanent residency of a system that welcomed them and embraced them and they ended up having a much harder time than you did. Does, does Canada still have in place that kind of uh, immigration system, whether it's refugees or immigrants to the country? Oh, yes. And we have success stories that are so compelling and heartwarming, especially when the Syrian refugees uh, came to Canada. It was our prime minister, uh, Justin Trudeau, who welcomed them at the airport and they had a lot of media attention. And immediately those refugees were giving homes and opportunities to prosper, to just settle down and not suffer, to have a place to have a transition from arriving newly to a country and then having a home to be able to work and have, uh, you know, somewhere to be. My Syrian friends uh, who came during that wave of uh, Syrian refugees, they already speak French. They didn't speak French or English at all, and they speak perfect French now. They have uh, jobs, uh, they have careers, and they can... Be part, feel very proud to be Canadians. There's also a film that I worked on called Peace by Chocolate. It's about the Hadhad family, a Syrian refugee family who became ambassadors of peace here in Canada through their chocolate factory. So the, the chocolates are called Peace by Chocolate, but peace like uh, P E A C E. Right, like peace. Yes, exactly, peace. And uh, there's a movie called Peace by Chocolate that is out now, actually, this week uh, that tells that story. And it's incredible the support we get in Canada. I'm very grateful. Uh, Immigration is an important um, part of the history of the country. And uh, that support means a lot, you know. And I appreciate that. I appreciate you sharing your story and the importance of, of how welcoming the country, the Canadian government and the country has been, has been to, to Salvadorians and other immigrants from Latin American countries uh, and the opportunities they have been able to take advantage of. With that in mind, uh, and having said that, you know, in the United States, we have over 60.1 million uh, Hispanics as of 2020 census. It is projected that by 2060, there will be more than 111 Hispanics, and the one out of four Americans would be Latinos or Hispanics. We contribute approximately $6.1 trillion to the U.S. GDP. If we were our own economy, we would be the eighth largest economy in the world, which is incredible, incredible, incredible numbers and an incredible contribution. Yet, there's still a lot of deficiencies in the Latino community, you know. Uh, 33% of those continue to only um, uh, speak English, at, uh, uh, speak Spanish at home. There's uh, uh, over 40% of them do not have a high school diploma, and over 50% of them in many states do not possess a, driving, a driver's license. And all of those are barriers to entry to any type of education, formal education, success, higher levels of positions, there are barriers to success, bottom line. In, in your journey and what you've seen, how can we impact our community? You know, that's something that's dear to my heart. That is one of the reasons that I wanted to interview you, not only because I'm passionate about your work and about your contribution in the film industry, but I'm also passionate about your story as a Latina, as a woman, as a minority, as a Salvadorian, as a refugee. 
I think those are all accolades, okay, that have allowed you to become the person that you are today. So tell me, as a community, what can we do to continue to create a new generation of successful Latinos across the world, not just in Canada, but across the world? It's so important, Peter, your mission with Excelente. I have the same passion for bringing awareness about our own potential and taking ownership and control of our own lives and uh, professions and careers and endeavors. And what we can do, my observation, what works best is inspirational stories, is what you're doing here with your podcast, with your talk show, with everything that you're, you're bringing out to the world is being a role model by action and taking action to inspire and educate other people. Because we, honestly, what I, I find is that storytelling is the most powerful tool, more than anything, more than marketing or social media influence. Stories transcend generations. They transcend mindset. They transcend ideas. And when you tell a good a great compelling story that will touch people's heart and it, it inspires them to take action. You can really change the world one person at a time. I don't live in my story. I share my story in service. And I know that when I share my story, I allow others the opportunity to break their silence, okay? To create a new perspective, okay? Uh, and the people that live in their story, they live in their pain. So I think there's a big difference between telling your story, sharing your story, than storytelling. I love storytelling. I created this podcast in a way where we share and highlighted your successes before we went into the issues that you that 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 they were there are part of your life. But what's more important today is who you are today, not where you came from, not how you got here, but who you are today. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And storytelling. And that's why I'm a filmmaker, because the most powerful tool that I have found for me to become better in life and share that story with others to inspire them to become better and take action is really telling profound and impactful stories. Yes. Because when you're telling a story, there's allegories and metaphors and things that you do. You're not manipulating people. Uh, it's not like religion. You tell them this is how you have to think, but rather allowing them the space to discover what they really want and who they really are and make that choice for themselves. That's what storytelling. Religion. You cited that as an example. Government institutions, primarily from the countries that you and I both come from from either Mexico, Central America, South America, uh, and other countries that have been uh, countries that are still considered undeveloped or third world countries. And there has been a tremendous amount of manipulation and control uh, on, on, on the citizens of, of those countries. And, and, and one of the reasons they are undeveloped is because it's been by design. They have maintained the population undeveloped. You know, I often share with people when I talk about Excelente, where I talk about Latin talks or the different programs that I'm creating to empower our future generation to, uh, to move forward. There's people that say, Peter, how can I afford to invest in personal development or personal growth when I am barely surviving, when I'm barely making it, when I'm living paycheck to paycheck? And 
often my response is, you know, the reality is that survival is an innate skill in every animal and every mankind. Education, personal development, and emotional development are learned skills that have been very well adapted by developed countries, with the exception of Latino and Hispanic communities, okay? We have a, a generational opportunity today right now. We have a, a generational opportunity to create a future generation and to break, <laughs> to break and dismantle poverty, illiteracy, and dysfunction. We have a generational opportunity to do that. And that is one of the reasons that I bring forward and bring to all my platform people like yourself that are success stories, that are the leaders, that are the mentors that I, little Pedro, was looking for when I migrated to the United States at the age of 10 years old. Unlike you, my parents, there was 15 of us, including mom and dad, six brothers, six sisters, mom and dad, 15 of us. Living in a two-bedroom, one-bed-frame home. That's a 900 square feet. The boys will sleep in the living room and, and sleeping bags. The girls have their own room in bunk beds. And mom and dad have their room. But the reality is that we have to be able to create this type of conversations because they're important, because they break the silence, and because we want to see more role models mainstream in America and across the world that our children and future generations can look up to. Oh, so beautifully said, Peter. And what a story you have, too. And, you know, having gone through challenges when you're young, there's nothing else that can be an obstacle anymore. Because if you have gone through that life of being 15 children in a very small apartment with one bathroom, I mean, nothing can scare you anymore, right? Absolutely. Like you've been through so, so many struggles uh, as a young boy. So uh, I, I strongly believe that what we're doing here is of service to the community and to society. So thank you for that. Oh, you're quite welcome. So tell me about Patricia today. What is Patricia Chica working on today? You talked about a book, okay? And what other projects are you working on? Yes, I'm working on multiple exciting projects, and one of them is the Chi Energy documentary that we're finishing post-production right now, and it's going to coincide with the premiere of my debut feature in Montreal Girls. It's coming out this year, so you're going to be hearing more about it uh, on my social media and in the media in general. So this documentary, I shot it while I was uh, making Montreal Girls. And it's about the journey of myself and my actors discovering energy, uh, teaching my actors energy and utilizing it to tell this story in the feature film and how transformative it was as a story arc from seeing a non-actor, Hakim Rahimi, my lead actor who was not an actor and how through the training we did with Chi Energy, he became one and performs in that film in the leading role in such a phenomenal way that I have no doubts he will be nominated for awards as best actor. So uh, we accelerated the results in a very short time by utilizing the chakra system and mindset psychology, intuition, and tapping into our bodies to really tackle what it is to be this character and tell the story in the most authentic way. 
so I'm very excited about the documentary. I have other film and TV projects as well, but this one is so close to my heart and I am excited uh, to show it to the audiences in the festival circuit. Well, I am so excited for you and I look forward to watching that. Patricia Chica, an incredible human being, a director, a producer, and another excellent story. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you, Peter, and thank you for everyone watching today. Always remember, your energy is your highest currency. Make sure it's always radiant. Thank you, Patricia. Thanks for joining us today for another episode of the Peter O. Estevez Show. Make sure to join Peter and his next guest on a brand new episode as we continue changing and impacting lives across the world. Be sure to share this episode with a friend, subscribe, or leave a review today. Boy, I had to get it fast, nah. Get it dash in my position, you would never last, nah.